Okay, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Creative Podcast and I'm your host, Yen Chong. So if you're new here, welcome to this episode. And we are talking about how to find the right clients. And if you're not sure or if you're still wondering how exactly you can find your right clients during this pandemic, this is the right episode for you. And we have Vincent, who's the founder of VM Studios, who be- always believes that lifelong sharing and learning can create positive impact to individuals and society. I think based on this particular sentence, it does it does resonate me a lot, uh, where we could create using our soul power. And of course, me and Vincent's soul power is actually using media, using videos uh, that really resonates and of course making an impact to the community. So Vincent is a visual marketer and a filmmaker he set his goals in delivering the true value of different brands to the audience. So if you are looking for the right clients to you want to serve, or if you are looking at the ideal situation where you could find common clients that could benefit you, please stay tuned. Welcome to today's episode of uh, Let's Get Creative Podcast. And today we are talking a very interesting topic uh, about finding your right clients. And finding finding clients is something that you have to kind of, you know, it's, it, it, there's no like secret formula to it. It's like uh, people will just think that it's like a hit and miss kind of thing uh, throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Mm. Um, there's always like one or two that is very distinct. And if you still haven't found your you know, the best client ever kind of thing. Um, you might be thinking how you should find one. And is there any red flags if you find bad ones? Mm. Uh, but the good news is there's not a lot of bad ones if you do it correctly. Um, I have seen uh, companies that struggle to find a special uh, magic formula to find a gold pot of amazing clients. Mm. I do have my own set of stories. Uh, to share on finding the right clients or how to actually see the bad clients that's coming or you can smell what, who are the bad clients. Mm. And today we also have a guest, a co-host today to help me host this particular episode. And uh, he's nonetheless Vincent, but he, he, he is first, I would say he is the second or the third overseas guest that I have today. And uh, he will also share his own experience on how we can find our own uh, during this pandemic, of course, uh, post-pandemic, uh, because you don't want to kind of stuck in the sense that uh, you don't want to stuck throughout your whole entire journey to find yeah. uh, lousy clients. Yeah. So uh, this is something that you need to learn for yourself. And mm-hmm. so welcome, Vincent, to today's episode. Thank you. Thank you, Yan Chong. Uh, it's uh, an honor to uh, take this opportunity to talk to Yan Chong and then to share some of my uh, not experiences, but just sharing some of my uh, latest journey to all the audience that uh, listening right now. So basically, where I coming from was I was coming from Hong Kong, and uh, I get the chance to you know, uh, you know, uh, sit down and talk to Yan Chong about some of our like um, uh, working philosophy or style that how we nurture or communicate with different clients across different countries, or like in Singapore and Hong Kong. And to me, because uh, where I'm coming from is most of the time creating like a social video or viral contents, meaning like video production. So actually we have a lot of like similar topics that uh, when I talk to Yan Chong. So 
Um, so that's why I was lucky enough to sit down here and then to talk to you some of my experiences. And maybe some of them can echo uh, about your experiences as well as an audience. So maybe uh, later on, uh, if uh, we got the chance to, you know, uh, uh, to share more experiences, just uh, feel free to, you know, uh, pick a call or just let us know. I think it's a, it's a very good way that we can uh, uh, further communicate with each other. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, Vincent, for, uh, you know, being part of this podcast uh, for business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And if you are... If you're very new here, do welcome. I really welcome you to this community. Uh, it's really a space where we can uh, we can learn from each other. And I'm, I'm I'm no expert, but I'm just sharing my experience, my journey along the way. And if I feel there's something that is really uh, worthy to know, because it's always it's always about you know finding sales, right, Vincent? Um, mm. But that's not always the case. I would. Rather, at, at least from my point of view, uh, do do chime in if you feel that you need to. I would mm. rather find very uh, valuable clients exactly. that can last you a lifetime or hopefully, if it's mm-hmm. 10, 20 years down the road, uh, rather than always seeking out for new ones. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like the, the people that stick with you actually should be uh, your, uh, should be your bread and butter of your business. And this is how you can stabilize the business in that sense. Uh, you can't be every month looking for new ones. Okay, unless you are in a services that uh, only comes one time in their own uh, experience, be it mm. whichever things you are looking for. One good example is weddings. Mm. People usually only get married once. <laughs> so you won't get to see them a uh, second time. If you are so lucky that you happen to see them a second time, uh, then maybe you can uh, refer them to a marriage counselor or something, <laughs> so that they can last a lot uh, a lifetime with their partners, lah. Yeah. yeah, but in most cases, like uh, for our businesses, usually they are recurrings. Um, but you have to give them a good reason to recur with you. Hmm. You can't just sit there and expect that they will come back, lah. That's something that I felt that if you find the right clients, you would happen to see this. Uh, this behavior over and over again. But for, but for Vincent, do you happen to have like a set of um, regulars? Uh, not regulars, I would say, but uh, uh, when I hear about what you just mentioned about your journey when working with different clients, especially those wedding videos, uh, they're all pretty work, by the way. It's, it's fascinating. Um, the way that I see in terms of working with different clients throughout my whole you know, agency journey uh, is I would rather, I, I would say it's kind of like a, a partnership rather than just treat them as, you know, one-off client or, or you pay me for my work, you pay me for my services, stuff like that. Of course, on the surface, it seems to be like that because, you know, sometimes the client actually didn't have those resources or sometimes they just didn't know how they should craft the video in a way that can promote their products or services. So they come to us <clears throat> as a service provider. But normally, if I can, I would rather label myself not just a service provider, but being a kind of like a trusted partner to them. You see, from, from, from my point of view, basically partnership can be divided into two different areas. So one is functional partner and one is trusted partner. So functional partner, obviously, you're just talking about the services that you deliver to them. 
right? You have the cameras, you have the crew, you know the skills on how to uh, post post doing doing all the post production in a sense like to be fitting in different social media platforms like YouTube, like Facebook. You know how to craft it, stuff like that. And it's just delivering the product to them, and then it seems like they just you know uh, finish out finish up their homework. So they just task fulfilled it. That's all, and then say bye bye. Uh, but to me, I feel like the, 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 one of the one of the ideas that I I have to set up this company VM Studio is I want to have a long term relationship with different. Uh, 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 I still use the word clients, but actually, I would treat them, treat them as a friend. Uh, I would instead of like just receiving their brief, instead of like showcasing to them about my rate card stuff like that which is too standard to me. I will actually take one step further and then to talk to them, sit down and then to, you know, doing kind of like a Zoom video or actually really sit down and have a coffee with them to ask them, why do they want to have a video? Why do they want to do certain things? I Sometimes it may be annoying because I keep asking why, why, why? But at the end of the day, if the person who actually received these messages from my point of view, he or she would know that, oh, basically he's just trying hard. Vincent is trying hard to put himself into my shoes, into my status, into my situation. And then at the end of the day, once I emerge myself into his situation, then I would know exactly how I can use my experiences, how I can use my knowledge. I'm not, again, same as you, Yan Chong, I'm not an expert or I'm not a very professional uh, videographer or stuff like that, but I'm just using, using my knowledge, existing knowledge, that how I can you know, leverage on his burden to help them to achieve what he wants to achieve. And then we do some, you know, after, after, after works measurements, stuff like that. So I believe that at the moment, what I'm looking for uh, as uh, my company or as my personal career journey is to build up a trusted partners or a trusted relationship across no matter it's client, no matter it's friendship or whatsoever. So I think it's kind of like um, connecting myself into a business to my personal philosophy. So, and, and, and this, that, that would make things more smooth and, and make things more like whenever you promise to do to the, to the, to the partners, then you can deliver something that uh, as, as you promise. Yeah. Yeah. I think two points that you mentioned really, really stands out in my head right now. I'm just thinking out loud. Um, one one point you say that um, having working partners, you know, functioning partners, uh, is something that is quite true, uh, because uh, there are a lot of, I would say that as much as there are people that think that way, like us, uh, there are also people that with silo mentality, um, yeah. and which which is quite toxic. And one good example is, uh, if I'm not sure, uh, actually, I'm not sure whether you have hang out in any co-working space or any co-working cafes. I'm not sure whether Hong Kong have such uh, arrangements. A lot, a lot. Yeah. A lot, right? And mm. you notice that everybody is just on their laptop. And there's no communication, there's no feedbacks, there's no sort of like working togetherness, even so they are at that space. And it's quite weird. Like what's the point of you trying to be there or fit in as a co-working space when you don't even co-work? And exactly. there are actually a lot of opportunities around. It's just that people are just very fixated on what they are doing at the task that they are doing right now, which is kind of like a kind of a toxic mindset. 
um, which I strongly encourage if you are listening at this moment, uh, one good tip, uh, which I felt that I think Vincent said it very well, is to try to find working partners or functioning partners. Uh, at the very least, they would kind of inspire you and make you accountable to certain things that you might be working at. They might even give you ideas or maybe tips and tricks uh, that you can avoid, actually, if you just bother to voice up. And I felt that having conversation with Vincent, we actually spark each other in the sense of like, not just the creative aspects, mm. uh, but how we handle business. I think things like that actually do uh, give us some sort of like a direction to go. At the very least, some ideas, if, if you don't have. And another point that you mentioned, I think, uh, was putting yourself into a customer's shoes. Mm. Uh, and at, at the very start, you should have this mentality, uh, mentality uh, with or, or with or without the client signing with you. Exactly. I think a lot of uh, people at the very start, they might be only want to throw something out until client sign a contract or something. Then mm. they would want to offer their service. And I think at this time and age, it shouldn't be that way. You should be open to give the value first, uh, but you don't. But you must be. Uh, you must be very tactical to it. It, it shouldn't mm. be like I'm throwing every single thing. But there are some situations where I feel that I'm. Uh, I felt like there's some sort of connection with my clients, and even if they don't sign, uh, I was very open to it. I was like, hey, if you feel like you need to get, the, you want to take this idea and just mm. do on your own or get mm. someone that could fit onto your budget, please do so. And they were shocked. They were definitely shocked. They were like, oh, you're shocked, but why? Like, um, we felt bad. And I think once you kind of being transparent and open with your clients, mm. even if they don't sign you, you will have a very distinct um, impression to them. Mm. It's like, hey, no hard feelings, man. I mean, it might felt like, because the moment you voiced it out, they might feel like they are the douchebags. But if you don't voice out and you hold grudges and you be like, oh my god, they are like this, 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 then you have this negative takeaway experience, which I felt that is very toxic also. True. So in my process, I always try uh, to see the 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 positive of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, end of the day, you 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 earn their respect, mm-hmm. and you know, and uh, maybe months down the road, if they have some success, and they have maybe have their their more budget to you know to achieve what you want them to achieve. Yeah. They will definitely remember you and they will swing back. Yeah. And uh, it's always a hit and a miss. There's no guarantee kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But as long as you give a good taste, uh, be it in the pre-production, the production or the post-production, some sort of like a connection, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually you want to find the right clients usually at the very start. Mm-hmm. Like the mingling, the talking, to understand what's their objective, to really to have that, to have that sympathy and that, that, that kind of vision for them. And if they feel it, they will uh, retain and become your uh, rightful clients. Lah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is these two points that really resonate a lot. Mm. Um, maybe at this point, uh, you, uh, Mr. if you have anything, chime in right now. If not, oh, uh, a little bit, a little bit. Because I, I hear you very well and uh, I really uh, completely agree with you. And especially there's two, uh, two things that you just mentioned. The first one is about connecting connections with the clients. Um, I think it's very important that once you get uh, 
uh, you get in touch with somebody else and somebody saying that, hey, oh, you're you are doing a video, you're a video guy. So I got this issue. Uh, can we just talk about it, blah, blah, blah. I think the more, the, the one thing that I would, I was looking for is not just a business opportunity on, on the first or second meeting. I was actually the same as you do, looking for a connection in between myself and into his or her businesses. Uh, what he or she is facing right now and how I can not just functionally help them, but emotionally can understand their situations. And on the other hand, I also need to showcase to, to them that what kind of less support I need to look from their point of view back to me. It's not just money dollar. Of course, money is good, right? Nobody will say no to money. But on the other hand, there is something more that I need from them, like more information, like more resources, like more input so that I can craft, help them to craft the story in a way that can fulfill their, their ultimate goals or business goals or whatsoever. Then this is something that uh, I think is mutually, we, we need to mutually uh, 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 connect it. Uh, I still remember the first time that I sit down and talk to Yan Chong. I think it's, a, it's an early morning call. It's a couple of weeks ago. And then we just sit down. And originally, I don't have any agenda to talk to you, right? So I just want yeah. to say, hey, hi, <laughs> I, I admire your work, Yan Chong, stuff like that. And then we talk for the whole morning, nearly like one and a half hour or something. I forgot yeah, yeah. how long it's crazy long. long. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just like the, the way that we want to, you know, understand your business first and then to let people know about my situation. It's mm. kind of like a two ways of open the door. So I need to be open and somehow the other persons who sit down and look for my support, he or she also need to be keep open, open-minded and open heart. So this is the way that once everybody can be more transparent in a way, so then we can be easily more, con more, more easily to be get connected. And second point that you mentioned about sympathy, well, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think at the moment of like uh, this situation at the COVID-19, I, it, it, I think uh, it feels like I'm, I'm talking about nonsense, but everybody is struggling at this moment of time. Everybody got their own battle to be fighting with, uh, no matter where you're in Singapore, in Hong Kong, or in other places in the world. Um, so everybody is facing difficulties, to be honest. But on the other hand, uh, I mean, if from, from client perspective, right, from client's perspective, if he or she can actually somehow show a little bit in terms of their own vulnerability, to us in a way that, oh, you know what? I'm really, really struggle about this part. I really, really don't know how I can do it. Or even I just, even I can, uh, most of the time I hear clients telling me that, uh, 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 I actually really don't know whether videos can support my business, to be honest, I really don't know, but I just need to look for advice or support. You know, as frank as this kind of like a sentences, that can make, give me a, 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 a feeling that, oh, you are actually really looking for help and looking for advice or looking for sharing. It's not just talking about a business transaction, but talking about a kind of like looking for partners, looking for more insights. And that would make the situations, because you showcase to me your vulnerability, right? So to me, I would have a sense of like uh, feeling more empathy to his or her situations. And then we can based on that emotional engagement and then to move on to one more step to do more in terms of like uh, thinking ahead and then to see how we can, you know, do the stories, do the video stories in a way that can, you know, minimize the budget. And then on the other hand, to be look good and then to, you know, build up the momentum for the branding or then to attract more customers, stuff like that. So yeah, I completely agree with you, Yen Chong. So it's, um, 
I just have, have another thought. So yeah, sorry to, to jump in a little bit. Hey, no, no worries. If you have any part that you feel that you should chime in, do let me know. Say, hey, Jong, I want to say something. Then I'll definitely let you kind of okay. chime in. I think it's good to have this kind of a two-way street. Okay. And there's always uh, room to kind of discuss. Okay. But at this okay. point of time, maybe I'll add, uh, I'll just maybe say the first point. If you have listened and you have gained so much noise right now, uh, do share this podcast out uh, because it's really... Uh, good that uh, entrepreneurs be able to hear this at their, you know, I, I usually I listen to podcasts in the morning um, when I'm clear-headed, I'm having my cup of coffee and this is where I listen to other people's podcasts, mm. not my own, of course. <laughs> um, but okay, at this point, maybe I will just kind of add this part, this particular topic that I would want to kind of motivate people. Uh, it's actually your story of how you find the best client you ever had. Um, maybe you can start first, then uh, I will share mine later. Uh, finding the best client, I think it's always uh, a bit of challenging, to be very honest, because uh, what we're just sharing uh, about uh, the trusted relationship, it really takes time, right? So uh, undoubtedly, I think nearly 90% of uh, prospects or clients that I have came across with, definitely they are looking for some functional deliverables first. Like, I need the videos. Can you help me? So I have this budget. I have uh, this requirement, blah, blah, blah. So can you help me to fulfill it? It's just like a checklist. So, uh, well, that's the reality. So I think uh, no matter what, you need to accept it and then to take a look on those uh, measurable things to see whether you, 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 you can you know, deliver what the clients would like to have. And that is something that... Um, I think it's a very big, at the very first stage of, you know, engaging with clients. Um, that's the first step. But most of the time, once you are passing through the first step and then go on to the second steps where you work on the videos, you do the shooting and then you do the post-production and then something already delivered to the clients. I think most of the time it's the follow-up that I believe is more valuable to your client is, you you maybe after 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 all the works after all the things you have done just you know pick up a call do some WhatsApp and then just follow up with the clients nicely hey how's things going so uh, haven't heard from you for a while so how's the feedback of the video so how do you like it stuff like that the purposes of that call or that follow up conversation is not just looking for more business opportunities. But on the other hand, you need to set your own agenda that you want to craft a deeper relationship with this client. Because you have already done your work. You have already showcased to them about your portfolios in a real situations because you are actually doing work for them. So just be open again and then to let them know that we really care about how you think about my work. And I do really care that uh, if I get a chance to sit more closely to you, what sort of things I can do better. So this is something that is a mutual way to improve ourselves. And so uh, I'm not too sure I answer your questions directly, but to find the best client, to be very honest with you, across my whole uh, agency journey, I'm still looking for one. But there's nothing perfect, right? There's nobody called themselves as perfect unless you're Superman Mm -hmm. or (laughs) Iron Man in, in the comic world. But I would rather say that Rather than looking for the best client, I was actually challenging myself to be the, to be the best partner for the client itself. So this is something that in, in, in terms of my own way of feeling. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's definitely a mindset, mindset shift. 
there's always this line drawn between clients and partners. Mm. And I think how people treat clients and partners is very different. But if it you is. can kind of like create this Venn diagram of like them being at the very center, like yeah. if you if in future if they can merge these two together into this gray zone exactly. of how you should treat your clients, I think that would be the best way. Mm. In on maybe on my elements, I would say more. I would actually have uh, because since you have kind of bring people uh, bring us through like the beginning, middle, and end. Mm. Uh, maybe I want to talk more about the beginning, uh, mm. where the elements I feel that a few things that I stick to. I always. Um, I would say I will set the expectations. Expectations are quite low, so but I will always over deliver, uh, oh. and with this, this, uh, with this kind of synergy, which I always tell my client, like uh, I will always think of the worst case scenarios. Um, mm. Like maybe I will. It's not like because I want to yank up the price, uh, but I will say like things may happen or will happen, will happen. So maybe I will just kind of like tell him like uh, instead of. The the most straight cut way is like oh uh, when when could you deliver the video? Mm. Yeah, so, hey, uh, editing could took uh, can can take like uh, you know uh, three weeks to maybe uh, one and a half months. Uh, that that includes you know uh, bouncing back and forth of uh, maybe certain revisions and you know maybe add some graphic effects that will take slightly longer. Yeah. But I say rest assured, I'll try my best to deliver as fast as I can. So usually they have an expectation of maybe one month, one month of editing. Mm. Mm. Then uh, maybe I'll deliver within like two weeks, for example. Mm. Then once they receive it, they're like, oh my god, I received like you know two weeks, you know instead of like a month that you promised. And that usually kind of gives some positive points. And this is like one of those checkpoints where your clients can feel something from you, mm-hmm. because through the process there'll be a few important milestones uh, that your clients get to interact with you. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when you set expectation, there's like one milestone that's before the project starts. Then once you kind of deliver before the timeline actually hits, you also kind of uh, have this touch point with your customers that they will feel like, oh, okay, you really over-delivered. Uh, of course, there are other things like maybe pricing, uh, maybe uh, time save, money save, that kind of thing that your clients could feel. Um, but this is just one of the elements that I felt that uh, could work. Uh, another element that I felt that could work is being transparent, mm. being really out uh, upfront about it, and I think that will, uh, I think that's considered my superpower. I don't sugarcoat my things. I would just once my clients always my clients are they will just come to me straight in the face and say, "Hey, YC, I need uh, I need this, 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 and my budget is this. Do you think you can do it?" And usually I just tell them, "Hey, uh, with what you are looking at, uh, maybe uh, we can definitely kind of make some arrangement." I I don't say like, "Oh no," or "I don't think it work." Mm. I would try my best to fit into their narrative with what I uh, what they have to offer. So if it's like I always tell my client, okay, there's a five hundred ways of uh five hundred dollars way of doing something, and there's a five thousand way of doing something. Sure, if you have like a thousand dollars, okay, we can work with it one thousand and see how we can strike a balance. Mm. I will remove certain things and say, hey, maybe you don't need this, or maybe you don't need a talent. Okay, maybe you have a a staff that is ready to go. That's like super, super good at speaking. I say, hey, well, it's good. We have that. Then we can definitely save some money. They can work with that. But of course, uh, I will have like a no, no kind of like a price line. Uh, below certain thing, I'll be like, mm, maybe I'm not the right one. Mm-hmm. Which is a good segue for me to kind of bring our listeners right now to the point of like, how do you actually say no? And do you actually say no to your clients when business come to your door? 
yeah, it's really hard to do that. so, right? I mean, uh, well, there, there, there are always situations like it's getting conflict with your creative concepts to their business objectives or their internal uh, users or counterparts that comments, to be honest. So, I mean, at this moment, I would say it's rather easy to handle because uh, my scale of business is still just a minimal scale. But I just date back to the days that I was working in big agencies, like there are creative teams, you know, video teams where you involve a lot of like uh, production crew, like directors and producers. Then you need to channel back those uh, like difficult situations to all the team members and then to get a mutual consent is very difficult. And so this is one point that I would like to, to share is talking about when you say no to clients, you really need to think whether you should say no or whether there are other options for you to counter-propose to your clients. Because at the end of the day, the success of a business, sorry, the success of the project, the video project, is not just determined by yourself. It's actually determined by a team spirit, a team, uh, how, how the team can work all together, right? And I'm just thinking about, like, there's uh, one time that we work with a big, client, uh, a globally well-known financial uh, company, uh, financial client, a spanking client. And then we do a lot of like videos for them. And then there's one time that uh, the clients actually really didn't like the storyboard. And then we really need to redo everything, nearly redo everything at the pre-production stage. Luckily, we still haven't yet started to do the shooting. So everything ideally can still be manageable. But the situation is the storyboard has been running through like already like five or six times already. And the team is already burning out. Like, oh, you want me to restart again and then recraft again based on another brief? Oh, come on, man. Something like that. So uh, it's, again, it's because what we're talking about right now, uh, doing video is kind of like a video, a uh, 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 people business, right? We need to work with different teams. We need to respect okay. everybody's point of view. So uh, once I got the feedback from the clients, I really need to sit down with the teams and then to understand, first understand where the teams are coming from, why we have this thought of like doing this storyboard. Uh, you need to be highly involved in the whole production situations where you need to work very closely with the teams, understanding their point of view, and then to see whether there are things that you can try to um, not asking the clients to sit down to talk to your production crew members, of course, but trying to put yourself into the client's shoes and then to say, hey, I really need to have something like this here. I really need to solve it out. Uh, how can I do this? Just something like, uh, you, you really need to sometimes bend down yourself and then just not, not back into them, but uh, to let them know that this is your vulnerability moment. This is your, your moment that you need to let them know, that, hey, I really have this difficulty how I can do this. And then to let the teams know that if you want to move on, you really need to work uh, facing these situations and then to fix, think about our solutions. So, I mean, normally in normal situations, I won't, uh, I won't say no to a client in a way because that will hurt the client's feeling. And this is not, not just client's feeling, it will hurt somebody's feeling as well, right? If that, that, you, you, you try to imagine that you, you are looking for some, some, uh, some help or some solutions and somebody just tell you that, no, you need to pay for me for more or, uh, hey, it's not going to happen unless you blah, blah, blah. It's, very, it's, it's not just very rude, but in a way that you are not understand my situations. Then how 
why, why should I come to you and ask for help, right? So uh, being helpful sometimes is being understand the, 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 what, what the people is looking for. So uh, there are a lot of, lot of, lot of the, I would say, uh, difficult moments that I can think of when you ask, ask me this question, say no to clients. But uh, normally I would try to, instead of saying no, I would first of all ask them why you want to have this idea and then I will just keep on following up to give them more options for them to work internally or you know, for them to rethink about their strategy, strategies before we move on. So yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my uh, sharing. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, thanks Vincent for quite an insightful one. I think uh, you are the perfect person that I mentioned very well on saying no. Um, same for me because we are in the creative industry and um, there is always a certain expectation from your clients uh, mm. that are maybe unrealistic. In their head, maybe maybe uh, 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 very easy to uh, explain. Example would be like uh, filming from an iPhone and filming from a normal mm. digital camera. Uh, they might re- they might not see the difference until the uh, if we flag it out, and uh, maybe talents could affect the how how they see visually and. They, they might think that, oh, actually it's the same thing. Uh, and I, I feel that saying no is a perfect opportunity to educate them. Uh, it might not be, you might not gain the sale, but ultimately you 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 educate the client and say, hey, uh, totally understand like uh, you have some resistance in terms of the price tag or certain things. But hey, uh, at the very least, what you got from us is you got educated, you kind of understand how the industry works. And at least for me, nine out of ten clients are maybe first timers uh, of uh, getting a production to kind of shoot uh, or to conceptualize things for them. So they might feel a bit foreign to them. And of course, you have to assume that they totally don't know. And I think that's where you build the connection, where you understand, oh, maybe this client have worked with other production company or how, right. how their experience, uh, they might have very negative experience with previous uh, customers. That's why they find you. And Good from point. there, you have to kind of understand their psychographic, like exactly how, why they feel that way. Or maybe they, they might feel very resisted uh, or, or resistance to certain percent of a production. Or they might want to be very controlled, very uh, like super mm-hmm. obsessed with certain things. And from there, you kind of should navigate. Uh, is it, uh, are you willing to kind of like play in that particular scope that they're they are throwing to you with X amount of price that they are paying. Mm. Um, mm. If you can't cross over that particular line of like, nah, it's not worth the time and money, then it's your responsibility, which I think a lot of people don't do very correctly, is to help them find another solution. Another alternative or a, a cheaper alternative that you can still handle or maybe you can handle, but you throw it to your interns or something just to execute mm. it so that you don't burn the time, you don't burn the relationship. Mm-hmm. But one way, because my agency or my own uh, video production company is quite small, I usually redirect to uh, a smaller scale production company where they may be able to execute for them at a lower cost. And I would say that, hey, um, compared to them, uh, they definitely can handle based on your job scope. I don't say like based on quality, I think that is quite mm-hmm. something to another person that I'm trying to toss the ball to, I would just say that uh, for your price point, then they might be a better fit. Uh, but I will definitely hook them up in the sense that I'll create a WhatsApp group. I'll actually cross-introduce each other, like make sure that they are properly handover first 
then maybe you can let go and let them do the talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how I usually say no to my clients, but I'll make sure that I, I do my, my best to offer based on their price point. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I could handle it on my own account, I'll definitely do so. Uh, like I have clients that actually uh, outright tell me like in front of my face, they say, hey, you know, uh, the, 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 the job that we are trying to do, why not you know, throw it to your, to your, to your interns? Uh, because it's a very, uh, it's a very boring and a very uh, repetitive kind of thing. Like every month you need to generate X amount of video, but which are like 20 seconds long and the edit doesn't really take like a genius to kind of create it. Mm-hmm. Even they offer to do the storyboard themselves. And they're like, hey, uh, could you cut costs if I kind of do the storyboard? Because I think they want certain control. They want certain branding control. Yeah. They, uh, they already have like uh, like a process, but they just want to outsource this. Yeah. Then they say like, hey, well, why not we, we just pay your interns and you just get a cut out of it. Then uh, they can just come to your house and just shoot and edit. Like, as long as I can provide the workstation and all, they don't mind paying me money. So it's like a recurring kind of thing. Uh, and I feel like the whole demographic, talking about long-term clients have shifted. In the past, we were just looking for ad hocs, you know, like uh, maybe just a referral there and maybe a sudden job event there, just kind of fill up the, the gaps. But I think at this moment of time, the clients are looking for, or I would say like clients are looking for long-term content creation um, to their expect, partly also because we are all still digitalize our business. So they, they are, they're, the way is like, how can I do it cheap? Uh, but to do it consistently, mm. that can pay off for itself. And I think it's a great shift of mindset, but it's also very dangerous if you don't know how to navigate. I think this is another topic for another session because I think mm. talking about psychographic, I think it's like a whole new thing. Very true. Uh, but I would navigate through maybe this last point uh, would be uh, during this COVID, uh, was there any change? Uh, in terms of incoming clients or behaviors or client behaviors and if there's any tips of how we can handle our clients uh well uh i think most of the audiences who is sitting right now in front of the camera listening to our conversations would definitely agree that during this period of time i think in terms of the most significant change would be the budgeting the marketing budget that is spent from every single dollar is out of the pocket of the client side, right? So, well, very, very honestly, a lot of people, a lot of companies, no matter your SME or big enterprises, you are being more conservative in terms of spending a marketing budget. And in particular, video is not cheap, to be very honest, because if you involve so many people doing video shooting or involve somebody else to do the brainstorming, no matter it's pre-production, post-production, Again, as I just mentioned, it is people business. So if you involve a lot of team members into the whole production stage, there will be, you know, um, salary incurred. There will be a lot of like equipments you need to rental, post-production, you need to you know, spend a few dollars doing a kind of like a software upgrade or spending a lot of manpowers to do all the post-production. And it's all money. So I believe that the most significant change will be the, the, the budgeting. And so right now it's actually... So this is where I'm coming from. So whenever you face the challenges of the client saying that, hey, I really have this limited budget, but I really need to do certain things, stuff like that. So you really need to sit down and then to, you know, ask yourself a big questions, whether I can help the client or not. And YC, I completely agree with you. And I 
really, really like the way that you share your, you know, your portfolios across different, I would say, your, your working partners in a sense like, hey, if this is something that out of my control or something that I, after my evaluations and my self-evaluations, I don't think it's something that I can, you know, uh, fulfill the client's needs. I would just pass along and give them uh, uh, counter suggestions to, you know, pass along to my working counterparts to see whether they can do it or not. Uh, this is a very, very generous, yet a very good way to build up the relationships with your clients because actually you're not saying no to the clients. Actually, you're giving them options, as I just mentioned, options to them to see, hey, you know what, there's a better option for you. But of course, uh, uh, and uh, there's one more thing I would like to address is to, even during this period of time, COVID-19, uh, I think as an entrepreneur or as a owner for, you know, uh, certain things of like a video production, something like YNC and uh, YC and myself, is you need to be brave and then to be confident in yourself and let the people who come up, come to you and ask for support that, at, and then you, you give them suggestion like, hey, this is something I really think that I can help you and be confident. Uh, whenever the, the uh, client say no to you, just be confident and let them know that uh, this is the way that you you feel that you that the way you thought is the best solutions for them is the best one uh, at this certain moment of time at this budgeting, and then afterwards let the clients rethink about that. If he or she accepts that, that would be perfect. Then we can work along. But if no, doesn't mean that it's going to be uh, a dead end. Doesn't mean that it's just like at this moment of time, your relationship with the client need to pick, put a pause, just a pause. Who knows? Because uh, maybe after certain pe several period of time, you know, later on we will come across with the same client. He or she is actually changing his or her career to another company. Maybe there is another need, and maybe because of your braveness, because of your self confidence, and counter proposing something to the to the person that you 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 talked to him previously, he or she remember that, and then later on he will find that your uniqueness of your of, uh, uh, in in terms of your business. So they, they will come back and look for your support. So uh, again, COVID-19 changed everything, changed the business perspective, changed the budgeting, changed the client's, uh, I would say, perspective in looking their uh, needs for creating videos and also changes our mindset too, uh, changes as, uh, as a video creator or video producer, how we can deliver something differently to different clients, right? We are not just talking about focusing on big enterprises. We're talking about SMEs. We're talking about sole proprietor. They are also all looking for different level of uh, video supports at this stage. So why don't us also be open and then keep our, you know, keep an open mind, keep an open hearted to look for things that we may find is suitable for different clients. And then once we get a chance to talk to them, try to listen first. I always remind myself to shut my mouth and then to listen. I, I hope that I do a pretty good job at this podcast by listening to, to, to YC. Um, so listening is a very important element. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you feel, YC. What, what, do, what do you think? I, I think you, you summarize very well in terms of how you should handle clients and how the demographic and the psychographic of, um, of clients have changed. And we do have to change as a business model to, to pivot ourselves to understand like what they actually need 
And this is why the listening comes in. Like you really have to sit down and really understand because ultimately you want the best for your clients. Uh, you don't just want to just deliver yes. whatever they think they want. Uh, situations where I share my ideas and uh, end up after sharing like each other's uh, vision and goals or at least they are my client's vision and goals. I told them that, hey, you don't even need this. Like uh, this one time, you, you think you need this, but actually you can save some money uh, by doing another digital marketing aspect of things. Uh, video is definitely in the future pipeline is definitely not as of now. And they should focus on certain aspect. And I was like redirect them to like my one of my digital agency friends that they were running and end up they took over the account and they managed to do something out of it. And from there I might not have the money. I might not have the business, but hey, but at the very least they got what they want. And to me, I felt like it's a matchmaking of a process. If they could match make into my business goals uh, for them, then definitely we can definitely do something about it. And I think um, this is a very good segue to kind of uh, end this podcast uh, because I, I feel that it's just right in, uh, amount of information to find your ideal clients. And I really thank Vincent for spending his uh, morning with me uh, to you. share this important bite-sized information uh, for the listeners out there, where where wherever you are, I notice most most of my listeners are in the US. Uh, they are listening to kind of build their own business, um, to be able to find the right clients and be very comfortable in working with them, and not feel like uh, it's just a business transaction. It's also an emotional mm. service transaction that you're going for. Uh, and if you can't really take away everything that we have spoken about, I feel like the main heading for today is. Uh, you know, there's a Bible quote of like, uh, treat, treat your neighbor as the people that you really love. I don't really know exactly the right quote, but I felt like okay. if you can treat the neighbor as the one that you truly love, like you really see the best out of like their own business that you could deliver for them, then if you treat them that way, then you wouldn't have any issues. And um, yeah, this, uh, I, I feel that it's a good ending to it. Thank you so much, though. Thank you so much for spending your time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, so hope you enjoyed today's topic. And if you like today's content and you feel that it actually resonates with you, please subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating into a subscription. Uh, on, if it's on Spotify, this do give us a five-star review. That is really good. Uh, if it's on Apple Music, there's also a rating system because the rating system is one of those ways that you could elevate the podcast uh, into uh, into the higher rankings of the podcast because uh, there's not really a lot of ways that you can boost this podcast so the only way to show, show support is to uh, rate this uh, highly so that it will be easier to be uh, explored by new listeners and that will really 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 help uh, this podcast to continue to survive through so really thank you again and I will see you next time